the responsibilities of a public adjuster. Everybody always thinks we don't do anything. We just file a claim and hope for the best. I'm going to basically tell you exactly what goes on behind the scenes and everything that goes into being a public adjuster and running a claim so that you can learn about what we do and what you're supposed to be doing, but also explain to your potential client about exactly the benefits that they will get by hiring a public adjuster. And we're going to get into it now in three, two, one. What's up, advocates, and welcome back to another episode of The Commercial Claim Show. My name is Vince Perry. I'm the owner and CEO of Elite Resolutions, and I can't wait to tell you about what we do for a living as public adjusters because the list goes on. I mean, I could almost list like 20 things. I'm not going to list like 20 things, but there's so many things that goes on behind the scenes of an insurance claim that we need to make sure we gather and present to the uh, present to the insurance company correctly. If not, we drop the ball, insurance claim gets denied, and nobody gets paid. And if they don't get paid, we don't get paid, and that's not a good thing. But before we get into that, let me tell you, you want to you go on our website, commercialclaimsadvocate.com, because that's where you're going to check out all of our courses, and you can see when we're going to have our next meetup in a town near you, and you can just see all kinds of really cool. Our blog is on there, too, with a lot of really good information. We have a free ebook that you can get. Make sure you follow us on social media. Subscribe to this channel. There's a ton of things, and also, I am the owner of Elite Resolutions, where we have uh, public adjusters throughout the state of Florida and throughout the state of Texas, and anytime there's a big storm, we are there to help the people, so if you're interested about coming to work for us, shoot us, a, shoot me a message or shoot us a message and we'll see if we can get you on the team. So let's get right into it. Listen up advocates, whether you're a public adjuster, contractor, or an attorney, if you have a client that has suffered any kind of catastrophic loss, whether that be by fire or storm or just any catastrophic loss that requires your client to have to move out and incur ALE and loss of use coverage, you need to think about looking at Black Diamond Services. This is an incredible idea for a service that I think is extremely valuable and I've actually personally used uh, for my clients myself. Basically what they do is they provide all of the necessary money that needed as needed to be done for the homeowner uh, to go and move to another place, whether that be a hotel or another home or whatever it is, they basically bill through their insurance policies, loss of use coverage, and basically they provide financial assistance so that the insured never has to incur any out-of-pocket expenses. It's an amazing service. I love the people at Black Diamond Services, especially Millie Varela. If you just contact her and contact Black Diamond Services, I'm telling you, they're going to take care of your climate clients like you wouldn't believe. I personally have a client who suffered a fire damage and had to use their ALE coverage. And all we did was refer them to Black Diamond. Our clients did not have to come out of pocket a single penny. Black Diamond provided all of the financial um, uh, money and they provided the actual location for the homeowner to stay. Amazing service. Contact Black Diamond Services today so you could find out more information for yourself. The responsibilities of a public adjuster. I want to talk about this because really the main reason is because people don't think that we do anything. People don't understand what it takes to be a good, successful public adjuster, to put together a good, successful insurance claim to make sure that once that insurance claim is filed, is filed it gets paid. It gets covered. A lot of people don't even know that as a public adjuster, we are determining coverage because frankly, there is no point in us filing a claim for our client unless we know for a fact that there is indeed coverage and it will be paid. If we're just some damage is there and we just want to file a claim just to file a claim without any of the things necessary to back it up, then guess what? It doesn't get paid. And like I said in the intro, if the client doesn't get paid, we don't get paid and that's not good. 
So the first thing that I want to talk about, and I'm not going to get into too much detail to it because I'm actually going to make an entire other video about this. But the first thing you want to understand is I would say, basically, our number one job as a public adjuster is to follow the duties after a loss. And that is in every insurance policy. And what are the duties after the loss? The duties after the loss are basically, they're basically in any, and I had it up here, now I can't find it. They're basically in every single insurance policy. Every single insurance policy basically breaks down what the insured is supposed to do immediately after a loss. And in most insurance policies, it basically states, and I'm looking at it now, who is required to do the duties after the loss. I quote, you, comma, an insured seeking coverage or a representative of either must be, must ensure that the following duties are performed, are performed. Sorry, I messed up there. So in the, basically, it just starts off with, in the case of a loss, covered property, we have no duty to provide coverage. We have no duty to provide coverage unless this policy, uh, you, unless you comply with the following duties. And you, an insured, seeking coverage or a representative, so the insured or a representative are required to follow these duties. And basically, these duties are give prompt notice to the insurance company, um, uh, allow them to inspect the property, promptly notify the police in case of theft, provide a proof of loss within 60 days, uh, protect the covered property from further damage, cooperate with the insurance company throughout the in investigation, prepare an inventory list of personal property, uh, send the POL... Uh, as long as, as often as necessary, prior to do the, uh, do the repairs. So all these things are, they, they are required by the insurance company to do immediately after a loss. That's your starting point, guys. You need to tell the insured, do you know what the duties after the loss are? Do you know that if you don't follow the duties after the loss, you're not going to get paid on this claim? They have the right to deny your claim. That's our job. Okay. Now I'm going to break it down a little bit easier to, for, for the layman term to understand, but you have to understand if any of these things are broken, they have the right to deny your claim, even if it is a covered loss. If you don't provide them with the proper documentation in a reasonable amount of time, they could deny your claim just for that. So that right there as a public adjuster, you need to get in your head. I want you to go and we're going to leave a link down here to a policy. I want you to go in there into any of your policies that you have. And I want you to look at the duties after the loss. And I want you to explain to the potential client or your current clients or contractors that you work with that this is very important. This is why we are necessary is to follow these very things. But let me get into it in a much easier way in a much easier format. Basically, let's talk about just some of the stuff that we do. So what number one thing is, frankly, well, I'll tell you is when we walk into a claim, we have to determine coverage. We have to determine coverage and to see whether or not this is a covered loss. How do we do that? Basically, I call it the interview process. We have to interview the client. Yes, I said interview the client. We have to ask them all kinds of questions to make sure that this indeed is a covered loss. How long has the damage been happening? Because if it's been happening for years, guess what? We're not following this claim. If it has been happening for a long time, have you called anybody to make the repairs? Because if you haven't made the necessary repairs, it's not going to be covered. Did you mitigate the damages? Did you dry it out? Did you sh shut the water off? Did you did you stop using the shower? Did you put a tarp on your roof? What did, what did you do to stop it from getting worse? Again, because if you didn't do anything, well, guess what? I'm not going to take this claim. So you have to ask the proper questions. You have to interview the client, make sure that, you know, if you're claiming your roof, was there an event? Was there a wind event? I look at this date, you know, hey, there's an event here. Was Is this when it occurred? You have to make sure that you get that, get, just make sure that there's coverage. Along with getting coverage, you want to make sure that you have a 
date of loss. Now, date of loss could be a couple of things, right? Usually you have about one to three days, right? So if your date of loss is on on January 5th, it could really be anywhere from about the 2nd to the 6th or the 3rd to the 6th or anywhere in that time frame is really your date of loss. Also, there is like always an argument as to whether, you know, what is the actual date of loss as opposed to when the actual loss was discovered. So we call it the date of discovery. Those could be two different things. There's a lot of different opinions about that. Um, I usually... I usually like to use, if it's hidden damage, if it's damage that ha- that that has just been unable to see, that's behind a wall, behind a baseboard, deep inside a kitchen cabinet, my date of loss is usually going to be the date of discovery because we don't know how long that leak has been happening. We don't know when it started. So we don't know the actual date of loss. So the date of discovery is usually what I will use for a date of loss. For your roof claims, that's another weird one too, right? Because you never go on your roof, so you don't know if there's any damage, but we do have events that occur. We have do have wind events. So you could use the date of discovery for that, but it also benefits you to take a look at any severe storms uh, in the past, and that may be what you want to relate that loss to if there was a severe storm. Also, if there was a severe storm that happened several weeks before or several months before, I would suggest that you interview the client and ask them to remember that day. You know, like, okay, you've got damage now because you've got this leak that occurred, but this loss or this wind event may have obviously may have occurred before because now the water is starting to come in. Do you remember? We've got here in our in our records that on January 1st, there was, you know, a wind event. Do you remember that day? Oh my goodness. Yes. That was New Year's day. I remember it was a crazy event. My tree fell down and pigs and cows were flying across the street. And I knew there was a big thing going on. That's going to be your significant date of loss because ultimately you need to do this interview, right? You need to make sure because guess who might do the interview as well? The insurance company. So that'll lead me to number two is interview the client. You want to make sure you interview the client so that you get, actually that's not number two, facts of loss. Make sure that you get the facts of loss. Okay. So we determine coverage. We get the facts of loss. We've got all this written down. We actually have a document that we give um, to each of our public adjusters to either give to the homeowner or to fill out on their own that details the facts of the loss. Okay. So you want to get the facts of the loss. So you've determined coverage. You've gotten the facts of loss. Now you want to photograph. Make sure that you photograph everything, document everything. And by the way, take this from a public adjuster who in this beginning of his career did not photograph anything. And I used to actually say, why do I have to photograph if the insurance company is going to photograph anyway? Very bad advice. Because frankly, the photographs of the insurance company do tell a different story than your photographs. You are looking for coverage, right? So you are trying to get on your hands and knees, get on that roof, lift every shingle to make sure that you get a photo of every single piece of damage possible. Because ultimately... If this claim ends up in litigation or for me, for instance, I look over a lot of my guys insurance claims. So the first thing I do when they say, hey, Vince, take a look at this claim I've got. First thing I do is go over the photos. If you don't have over 100 photos for me to just skim through, it's going to be really difficult for me to get an idea of what's going on. So the photographs are fantastic. They tell a story about the severity of the claim and about what's going on. So make sure you take lots of photos gathering documentation. What I mean by documentation is stuff like repair bills. Okay. Was there any repairs made? Well, you need a document. You need a bill. Whether it's, whether it's a confirmation email of you having paid, that's documentation or an actual written down invoice or, or a PayPal invoice, whatever it is. You want an invoice for any repairs that were made. Also, any inspection reports. This is great documentation too. If a claim is filed within about a year, after purchasing a home, guess what? The insurance company is going to ask for a copy of that inspection reports. 
They want to make sure that the damage you are claiming wasn't there when you purchased a home. So inspection reports, uh, electric bills, you may want electric bills or water bills. If you have a supply line leak that has been going on behind the wall for a while, well, guess what? If you could provide a water bill that shows that the water bill has spiked up, that's going to help your claim tremendously. So, you know, any kind of documentation that helps, and that could go a long way. It could even be like a website or something that just sort of helps your claim because, you know, if it's a wind event you're talking about, you could refer back to a news article that talked about this event on that day in that particular neighborhood. That documentation will go a long way to prove that there was indeed a loss that occurred on this date at this, at this property. Of course, probably the most important thing in our in our job, probably the most important aspect of of what we do and all of our leverage that we have is, of course, the estimate. We put an estimate together. That's right. Public adjusters, we put estimates together. The independent adjuster sent up by the insurance company put an estimate together, and so do the public adjusters. Now, you can do this any which way you can. I would always recommend, if you're just starting out in your career, learn how to do an estimate. You don't have to do it every single time, but learn how to do an estimate. Learn how to scope. Learn how to sketch Okay. If you don't know how to write the actual estimate, that's okay. You have to obviously know how to read it because if you're going to scope it and you're going to sketch it, you're going to send it to somebody to write the estimate. Well, they're going to send it to you to look through before you submit it to the insurance company. So learn how to read the estimate. Okay. So if you're just starting out, just try whatever firm that you're working with, or if you're not working with a firm, get to some of these groups, reach out to me and, uh, you know, you could find some estimates that you could review, take a look at, you know, get a water damage estimate, get a wind damage estimate. Estimate, get a fire estimate, just read through them, take a look at it and have an understanding of what you're doing. Um, but eventually you could always hire an estimator to not just write it, but you could hire somebody to go out there, scope it, sketch it and write it for you. That's totally okay. Just understand you need to know what you're reading once it's completed. So that's probably the most important part. This is what gives us leverage. This is where we negotiate. This is where we sort of battle it out with the carrier of how much this claim is worth. Um, we file the claim, all public adjusters file the claim. I mean, you know, we do that for you. We file the claim. And then on top of filing the claim, guess what? We attend every inspection. We attend every inspection on behalf of the insured, uh, to meet the insurance adjuster, to show them the damage, to show them everything, to show them what we're claiming. Hey, take a look at this. Hey, take a look at that. Make sure as a public adjuster, guys, that you are not missing anything out. This is your number one opportunity to show the carrier exactly what's going on in this house. And if you show the insurance adjuster something, thing, make sure that they take a photo of it. Okay. Because all of that documentation, all of that, all of those photos, all of his handwritten notes is going to the desk adjuster. Okay. Who you're going to be dealing with later. So you could easily, after an inspection, you could actually message the desk adjuster, whoever it is and say, Hey, look, listen, I showed them this. I showed them that. Make sure that this is in your report when you receive it from the independent adjuster. But most importantly, upon the initial inspection, show them everything. If they want to question your client, that's fine. Uh, but I prefer, uh, me personally, I've been doing this for a while now. I prefer for if they have any questions for the client to schedule it for a future date, uh, or I just want to make sure that I'm present. Okay. It's what they hired me for, right? Don't forget guys, they hired you for a reason because they don't want to have to deal with the insurance company. Now, if the insurance company wants to question the insured, by all means, according to the duties after the loss, we have to allow that, but I want to make sure that I'm present when I'm doing it. Um, let's see, we did meet the insurance adjuster. Uh, very important to me is document every phone conversation, every email and every inspection document it. And the way we do that is we have our CRM, any email that's sent, we copy paste it to the, to the CRM, any phone conversation that is done, we go straight to our CRM 
and we note take what exactly what happened. And every inspection that we have, we go straight to our CRM and we and we dictate exactly what was said. Okay, because if the insurance company says on site we're going to cover this loss, you need to make sure you document that, and even better, send an email to tell them what he said. Because if they come back later and they deny the claim, well, they said you were going to cover it. You knew it was a covered loss and now you're denying it. You need to document every conversation. Again, another great sales. This video is a great sales pitch, by the way. A great sales pitch for your client because, hey, you're not going to do that. You're not going to document everything. And maybe you are, but I'm going to do that for you. Um, document every phone conversation, email. Okay. And then the follow-up process, guys. Again, another great sales pitch. People have their lives. People have their jobs. People are too busy to be doing this. This is our job. This is what we do. We follow up at Elite Resolutions every seven days. Every seven days we follow up. If the file has not been touched, there is an email that is going out to the carrier saying, hey, what's going on? We provided you all this already. What's going on? So follow up with them every single day. Obviously, negotiation. We negotiate on the insurer's behalf to get as much money as we can for the claim or put them back to their pre-loss condition. So, you know, we're going to negotiate on their behalf. Any disputes as well, chances are we're going to handle it. We're going to be there for the mediation. We're going to be there for the appraisal. We're going to be there for an arbitration. We're going to be there for anything that goes on. Um, if an undisputed payment is made, we're going to be there to try to get the supplemental payment. But any kind of dispute, once the undisputed is made, any kind of dispute process, we're going to be there. And then the last thing is, even if it ends up in a lawyer's hands, even if it ends up in litigation, if you have done all of these things, if you have followed the duties after the loss, that's in the policy. If you photographed, if you've documented, if you've note-taked everything, if you've attended every inspection and note-taked it, if you have um, documented all the conversation, if you've done everything that I said, you're going to have the prettiest file, okay? It's going to be wrapped up in a silver bow, and you're going to hand that claim to whatever attorney is chosen upon by the insured, and they're going to knock it out of the park. But in that process, we, as a public adjusting firm, we like to follow up with the with the uh, attorney once a month to make sure the claim is moving. And also in the litigation process, guess what? We have to attend any depositions that they ask us to attend. So we have to do that as well. So the claim process is a lot, you know, I mean, already I'm talking for almost 20 minutes and it's really just about, you know, boom, boom. We're, we're just really just handling everything. And what I like to tell people is that, you know, you can do your own taxes if you want, but you don't know exactly what it takes and all the loopholes and all the things that go in to the actual tax process to make sure that you're benefiting from it. Uh, I had a client the other day that was like, well, you know, if they pay me $100,000, I have to pay you a percentage. If the repairs cost me $100,000, why do I have to pay you? I said, because if it wasn't for me, you would have been left with 50000 not 100000 or you would have been left with 20000 not 100000 And it's because of the work that we do on the back end. It's because of the documentation. It's because of the work we do on the front end in the interview process, photograph process, estimating process, documentation process. And the work that we do on the back end, which is the follow-up process, email process, recorded statements, negotiations, mediations, appraisals, all kinds of stuff that we are able to get the money that you need to put your home back together again. So that's it. Those are, that is our role. These are our duties. This is what we, these are all our responsibilities as a public adjuster. It is a lot, okay? And the more busy you get, 
the more it becomes a load and you're going to have to find the right people to help you as far as admins and maybe other adjusters to assist you with the workflow because it could be overwhelming. So that's it, guys. That's what we got. I'm the Commercial Claims Advocate. My company is Elite Resolutions. Make sure you go to commercialclaimsadvocate.com, like I said. Uh, but before you do that, follow us on social media. Subscribe to this channel. Hit the bell. We've got a new... Um, We've got a new show every single Wednesday. We've got the Claims Game podcast with some amazing guests. We've got meetups that we do all over the country that you want to come out to where we're building and we're bringing the industry together. It's public adjusters, it's contractors, it's attorneys, it's mitigation experts, all kinds of people we're bringing together uh, in person through some amazing um, uh, meetups and speeches and presentations. And also check out Elite Resolutions. If you are interested in coming to work for us, please do. And uh, if you have a claim, you know, we'll be happy to work it with you. So thank you very much. You guys have yourself a great week and I'll see you on the next video. Peace out.